Escaping the Odds podcast is a movement of freedom in the physical and financial sense. We highlight people who bounce back from prison by switching hustles and a mindset. See, business has always been a part of my DNA. I just went about it the wrong way, which sent me to federal prison for nine years. I'm bringing out dope stories of triumph that's meant to inspire and educate to take you to the next level. And no matter where we come from or come from under, we can set ourselves free and escape the odds. What's up, y'all? Thank y'all for tuning in to Escaping the Odds. I'm your host, Aaron Smith. We got some dope stories for y'all today. Formerly incarcerated men and women who are now entrepreneurs. Let's get it. Hear the stories of men and women switching hustles and escaping the odds through entrepreneurship after prison. Not only will these stories inspire you, but also unlock business tips for financial freedom. Thank y'all for tuning in to another dope episode of Escaping the Odds podcast. I am your host, Aaron Smith, where we interview the formerly incarcerated who are now successful entrepreneurs. On this today's episode, we got my main man, Jermaine Max Main Branner. And this brother is doing amazing things down in Pontiac, Michigan, within the community, but also with a fitness center. Uh, Max Main, what's going on? What's going on, bro? Hey, thank you know, again, thanks for having me. I'm feeling good. I'm doing my best. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's, let's kind of go back into your backstory, man. Uh, you know, you got a successful brand, the uh, Max Main, the, you know, the fitness center, Anytime Fitness, and a whole lot of other stuff that we're going to get into, right? A lot of big announcements we want to kind of break to the, to the audience today as well. But let's kind of go back, you know, a few years to kind of get, get into your backstory, man. So, you spent a little bit of time incarcerated. Uh, so can you kind of go back into your, your life growing up in Pontiac, Michigan, and what kind of led you into the criminal justice system? Yeah, so, you know, again, uh, I grew up in Pontiac, Michigan, uh, Section A housing. Uh, I would say 100% of all my friends grew up in a single-parent uh, household, meaning that even if they did get to see their dad, their dad did not live in a house with them. I think yeah, about 100% of my friends uh you know, so we, you know, again, really not no male guidance, you know, uh, growing up the way that we, you know, uh, learned how to be a man was. We was going to either be good with our hands. We was going to be good basketball players, good football players. Uh, we go. We was going to have all the women or uh, we was going to have a bag. You know, we was going to sell drugs. That was like the only way of you being able to show that you was a man growing up in a right. city like Pontiac. And I think that guys such as myself, we tried to be good at all of it. Um, got in trouble. You know, I started off young, pretty much getting in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Again, uh, got in trouble for the, uh, the stealing, the, you know, the fighting, you know what I'm saying? Uh, messing with the girls, the selling the dope, you know, but, yeah. Through all those things, it was pretty much, you know, like a slap on the hand. Don't do it no more. We have put you on probation for 30 days, you know, uh, stuff like that. However, you know, I, I, I dove real deep into the dope game, you know, uh, had family members that was, you know, deep into the game, had friends that was deep into the game. So after I graduated from high school, even though I sold a little weed, 
after high school, it was like, all right, you know, this is the life. I'm all in. Big leagues. The big leagues. So I jumped straight into cocaine, you know, the cocaine game. Yeah. And um, I was the one of the guys who they came to the by hard, you know, by the crack. You know, I bought I bought it soft. I cooked it up. Right. And I sold a lot of crack, uh, crack in my neighborhood. So uh, during that time, you know, I was living in life. I was young. I was 18, 19, 20, 21. You know, I was rapping back then. You know, okay. I had the nice cars. We was pulling up in the limousines. But even back then, you know, uh, I was the guy that I made sure I passed out the food. When ice cream trucks came through the neighborhood, none of the kids had to pay for ice cream. You know, even though I was doing my dirt, I was always giving back back then, you know. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me yeah. ask you this, right, as it relates to that. Do you think, like, you were trying to compensate, like, subconsciously for the for the negativity that you were doing in the neighborhood? Or you were just kind of just, just doing it out the kindness of your heart? Did you think about that? Yeah, I did. You know, even back then, you know, uh, I wasn't one of the guys that wanted to hurt people, you know. So right. I, I never had a reputation for hurting people or strong yeah. arm robbing guys i was just i just wanted to make money exactly and, yeah you know you know i'm a leo so even since a little kid i wanted to entertain people and i wanted to make people okay, around yeah. me happy. right and selling right. dope was like the fastest easiest means for me to you know uh be the entertainer be the businessman and be the person i feel like i was born to be gotcha. it's just like again i feel like if i would if i would have grew up in idaho i would have been yeah. the best potato producer and I've absolutely. been sold a lot of potatoes, you know, right, yeah. city like Pontiac living in Section 8 house and it was cocaine and weed. That's, you know, so yeah, I picked that up, you know, so dope. And then, you know, as the story goes, I ended up getting caught and uh, ended up spending seven years in prison. OK, so now doing your incarceration, because for me, like I, I changed my mindset. Like before, once I got indicted, right, a little bit after that, right, I kind of like. Was like okay, cool. This ain't this ain't the route for me. Right? I knew I was going to prison for a long time. I just didn't know for how long. Um, so, with you, did you change your mindset into being this the man that you are now? At least working towards the man that you are now. Like immediately once you got into prison, or was it like a transition to maybe four or five years later? You like, man, you know something may have happened. You like, you know what? I got to change the way that I'm living. You know, because one thing I realized is like. What a person is doing inside of prison is going to be reflective of what they do when they get out. So what what was your like like what was some of the things that you were doing while you were incarcerated to kind of help you change your mindset? You know, as I reflect or what they're uh, doing. Yeah, so I mean as I can reflect, well to answer your question in short, you know, when I first uh got sentenced, I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna give back to the community, start my own business. I was still stuck in the streets. Right. So it didn't happen. It took a couple of years for me to get some more lumps or potential lumps for me to say, okay. you know what, I'm done. I'm giving back. I I'm all the way done. So I still have my foot in the door. For instance, you know, uh, when I first got locked up, you know, me and my wife was together, you know, and at the time that I, you know, at that time, I knew I had at least one son. You know, okay. but as a, a couple of years later, I found out that I had another son. But so in my mindset, I took care of so many people. I was like, I'm not about to allow prison to stop me from taking care of my peoples and myself. Uh, I don't want to okay. depend on nobody. Right. So I got my first year. I got I got off into the drug game, even in prison. Okay. So it was like, you know, the weed come in, you take a little weed and, you know, you sell it uh, amongst the inmates. 
But uh, what happened is um, I ended up, I was about to make a transaction and then one of the guards came to me or, or, or the uh, deputy warden was like, look, you know, um, we listening to your phone calls, this and that and that. You go mess around and you go get somebody you love in trouble by, you know, right. involving them. And when he said that, only thing that I can think of is, wow, I, and I put myself in prison for seven years. And now you about to have somebody that you love thinking that you've taken care of them. Because yeah. even when I was in prison, I never needed money. I was always the guy sending money home for prison. Okay. And that made me feel good as a man. Exactly. However, yeah. I had to think about the flip side. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. the so, uh, I ended up moving out of one cell to the other. And the cell that they uh they put me in, it was two guys. You know, one guy was an um one guy was an investor, and the other guy was more of a uh a spiritual person. Um 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 he was in a nation of Islam. So I had one okay. guy that was a real good money guy, and I had one guy that was in a nation of Islam, and they both took a, li a liking to me. Now okay. I never, you know, I never joined no religion, no re uh, religious group. But um, he taught me the power of self. He taught me how to look back and where I came from and taught me about a lot of the teachings that uh, shaped my mentality. Then I had another guy. He was in the stock market. He was uh, he was in prison for like white collar crimes and stuff like uh, stocks. He's actually a white guy. Right. And he was like, Max, man, I see that, you know, you a great hustler, but you need to be more innovative. You know, you need to really learn how to scale your business. And he taught me more about the business sense. Yeah. So switching from one sale to another one changed my life completely. And wow. it kind of brought out the person that was always inside of me. And, you know, that's crazy you said that uh, you basically, you changed your environment within that small society of an environment. It's crazy how that can happen, man. It's like um, some people may think that all of prison is 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 bad right i mean no, it's no uh, fun place to be at right but there are certain groups or certain places like well i was in federal prison right and so the law library is what kind of a lot of the guys the white collar guys you know kind of hung out or people that was really trying to change their mindset and so you can go in that environment and it was times where i literally felt like i wasn't even incarcerated you know what i mean just because of the energy that was down there right you're talking about socks you're talking about business you're talking about religion or whatever right so I totally identify with you on that, you know. So you change your environment in that. So that's what really helped change your mindset. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I was in, when I first got locked up, uh, they put me in a cell with people who who knew me, you know, people who knew how I got down. So as soon as I rolled in, it was like, oh man, we already know we can put you here, 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 here. I know how you move. I trust you. I know your street credibility here. So it was yeah. easy for me to get back in the game. But when they moved me to some positive men that taught me some stuff that I didn't know, it was easy for me to be influenced because it was like, oh, you know, I ain't even know guys like y'all existed. I ain't, you know, it, it, it blew my mind on the type of knowledge that they presented. And once I learned how to do better, instead of just wanting to do better, that's when my life changed. Okay, all right. So now, what was that, maybe four, four or five years in? Or how, how no, so that you? no, that was under two. That was like a year and a half. Oh, okay, okay. And so from there, so how, so how did you, how did your behavior change? Like, what were some of the other things you were doing? Like, certain books you was reading? Did you already have in mind? Because I know, 
I know in prison we worked out, right? Like that's like that's like eat, sleep, work out. You know what I mean? And so, did you already have in mind that you wanted to open up a a a, a fitness center? No, uh, uh-uh. uh. You know what? I had so many ideas before I decided I was gonna open it up. A fitness center, you know, again, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So I was just kind of I was searching for stuff that I heard other guys making. You know, real estate is the first one. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm getting into real estate. Oh, oh trucking. Ooh, I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna open this up. Stuff that was already popping. Exactly. I yeah. I wasn't even working out my first year, you know. I, I didn't start working out until I had a real bang in migraine one day. I had the worst headache in the world. I feel like I was gonna die. Yeah. And uh, I went to the doctor and they was like, man, you know, your high blood pressure. Have you ever had been on medication? Like your stuff is this the highest we ever seen. Da, da, da. And basically, you know, the doctor was like, man, this, you need to drink water. You need to eat like this. You need to work out. So I was, you know, I'm like, I'll do anything to get rid of this headache. Work out whatever yeah. you tell me to do. Right. So that's when one of my bunkies, you know, the guy that I said was in, the, you know, in the nation. I was like, man, I need to I need to work out with you. So when we went to work out, man, of course, you know, he broke me down. I threw up, uh, yeah. almost fired and did everything. But, you know, right. I'm, I'm a competitive person in nature, you know. So it was like, all right, you know, I'll be back. You know, one day I'm going to get you. I'm going to get down. So I kept yeah. coming. I started to enjoy the pain. And I started to, and I realized how it helped with my depression, how it helped with my physical physique, how I was getting the compliments, which also built up my you know, uh, 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 well, I was getting the compliments and it, and it built my confidence. Right. And then it was other people from Pontiac coming like, can you help me work out? Okay. So as I was learning, I was helping my other homeboys get stronger. And then, you know, they was coming. I was seeing the impact it had on their lives. Like, right. man, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? My girl said this. So, you know, my, my high blood pressure disappeared too and did it up. And yeah. I was liking what it was doing for me and other people. And that's when I was like, man, I need to, I'm pretty good at this. I wonder if I can make some money off of this when I get home. Right. Now, now you mentioned the impact that you had on other people's lives, right? That's one particular life that, that you really had a lot of impact on. And that's with your wife, right? Uh, can you kind of talk about that? Because I know she was instrumental in like your support system while you were incarcerated. And even once you got out. Man, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because if I would have left that, uh, you know, without being mentioned, man, I probably would have got uh, socked, kicked, punched. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, right. man, you know, my wife, man, she, she did the whole seven years with me, you know, okay. and, you know, a lot of people, you know, we got married in prison. So wow. when, when I first met my wife, we was just friends. I was living the street life. My wife always been a so-called square. She ain't never really dated no doughboys. She yeah. was the basketball player, the honor roll, that type of girl. She was a good girl. Yeah. So that's what really made, you know, that's what attracted, you know, me to her and, and vice versa. But I guess she wanted, you know, she wanted the, the flash she got. But anyways, we were just friends. So when I got incarcerated, before I got incarcerated, she actually kind of like dumped me. So she was like, man, you know what? You live in this life. I know it's other women, this and this and this. That ain't for me. And she dumped me before I went to prison, like three months. She didn't even know I was going that long. Yeah. I was just kind of keeping it to myself. So once I got incarcerated, after like three months of my seven-month bid, she, you know, she bumped into my brother and she found out that I was in prison. So she reached back out, you know, through letter. It was like, yeah. you know, you was going to prison. How you doing? This and that and that. 
And then we just started back corresponding and she started, you know, she started visiting me. And um, that's when she was like, you know, uh, I, you know, I love you. I, you know, I, we love each other. Let's just get married. A lot of, you know, a lot of people watch it probably like, right. oh, man, he was in prison. So right. they wanted to and lock her down. And yeah. I was I was against it, you know, in the beginning. I was like, look, I can't take care of you. I'm not the type of guy. I can't leech on a woman. I feel bad, you know. Yeah. She's like, listen. I would feel a lot better waiting on my husband than I will a boyfriend. Wow. So I'm going to give you a choice. And I usually got some good comebacks for anybody. Right. I <laughs> and I knew that, you know, I, I knew that this was the type of woman, this was a woman that I needed and wanted, especially upon my release. So uh, if that answers your question, that's how and we kind of made it work, man. We, uh, I was her piece, you know, she was my piece, and right. she made my plan go past a lot better, especially with that love. And what a lot of people need to realize, especially if they're going through anything like this, you know, they're wondering, when it comes to men in prison, you know, uh, I done seen some of the most hardened criminals change their life just off of love alone. Because yeah. they feel like, like man, I, I, I'm responsible for something. And it's people who love me that I really care about. So I just see, I'm talking about hardcore killers. Once a woman genuinely come in their life and say, you know, I love you and, and check them a little bit like how black women do. And we need it. And yeah. say, look, I'm building something for us. That alone, you know, that was like, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I ain't never going back to the bag. Right. I'm strong. Okay, so 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 definitely she was instrumental in that, and um, even also like with the business moves that you all are uh, continuing to make to this day, right? So now you got out, right? And so what were some of the first steps that you took in order like to bring this dream into fruition? Yeah, so uh, you know, before I got incarcerated, I had it in my mind. I said, you know what, I'm gonna open up a gym, and it sounded intimidating to most people. Like, how the hell are you gonna open up a gym? You know, I had a four. 50 credit score. I had no money in the bank from when I was doing my thing. So I came home with zero. Right. Uh, but I created a plan in the system when I was when I was in the system. So my plan, because I didn't have no family members with no money. Um, I knew my wife, you know, she wasn't rich. She didn't have any money. I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to school for nutrition and I'm going to take all the money that I can get from school and then I'm going to apply it, you know, uh, towards opening up a business. So before I even got the funding or the loan financial aid, I started training people with just a $5 yoga mat outside, right? So I had people coming outside to our outdoor track to come to uh, train with me. I started with one lady, I, I, uh, two, I'm sorry, two, uh, two ladies, and I trained them. One lost uh, 30 pounds, the other one lost 20 pounds in one month. I got lucky because they had a, uh, they had a Facebook follow. So they was able to promote and show their before and after picture of what I was able to do in 30 days with my fitness and my nutritional advice. Okay. I say 30 days later, after I came home, about 30, 40 days later, it's me and it's 30 other people all giving me five, $10. Okay. So it was like, you know, and then I think two months later with my financial loan, loan check that I got from college, I was able to take that money and open up a gym with the six months of me, me being uh, incarcerated. I was still on parole when I opened up my gym. Oh wow, man, that's 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 quick, man. Like you hit you hit you hit the ground running, man. So you had a unique situation with a, another 
competitor of yours, right? And right now you you co-owner of, of Anytime Fitness, man. And I wanna I wanna talk about that uh because I think that, that it can kind of talk about how you know oftentimes when you're a part of a community or when you have a brand, your brand may stick out, you know what I mean? Um and you you can have like ill equipment, you know what I mean, not the best things as far as like the money, the capital and stuff like that, but you're part of a community. You got you got this this brand. And so yeah. let's talk about that, like how that happened with uh with Anytime Fitness. Okay, so yeah, uh again when I started uh Max Out Fitness, um, even though it was a gym that I the initial equipment was all used uh equipment. I had like the cheap battle ropes, the mat, yeah. the dumbbells, you know, all the, the hand-me-down stuff. But however, it wasn't just a, a a gym. I turned it into a community center. So just to go back when I was incarcerated, you know, my wife, she was working a job, she was a Cena, she had, you know. She was a, a career woman. She was like, you know what? I want to open up. I want to start a mentoring program. Okay. So, you know, be, because I wanted to be the guy, the man that helped bring her dreams into fruition like she did mine, mm -hmm. I opened up my gym and, and, and I helped to start a, a mentoring program. So the community really got involved and really supported uh, the business because not only was we helping people as far as health, we opened up our doors so that the youth can um, – uh, especially young men can learn not to make the same mistakes that I made. And yeah. she also used her experience on uh, how she became successful. She helped some of the women and we brought different people, uh, bankers, basketball players, all successful people came to Max Out Fitness to, you know, to share to the youth and to motivate the youth. Gotcha. So I was getting a lot of traffic in my gym and I was actually outgrowing my space. The franchise gym across the street you know, had had all the pretty bells and whistles, uh -huh. everything brand new. And that was kind of like my dream. Like, if I, I wish I had my vision board while I was in prison because it's almost scary. Yeah. But my dream was to open up a nice lifetime fitness uh, type of gym one day, you know. Yeah. So it just ha so happened that the gym was uh, actually pretty slow. The, you know, the uh, individuals, great individuals that owned the facility, but they wasn't from Pontiac, you know, okay. they they wasn't really into the community. So it was moving kind of slow while my, yeah. gym, my my small gym was moving fast. Exactly. So one day uh, I just reached out, man, because I, I saw the gym and something just said, you know, that's your gym. Man. That's your gym. It's your city. You know, I'm hyping myself yeah. up. You know, right. it's, it's cool. <laughs> right. so I ended up, uh, you know, sending them an email like, hey, look, man, you know, I, I know they've been watching. You know, I say, look. I, we need to, I want to have a sit down, you know, let's see how we can work together, you know, somehow with the gym. So after a few negotiations that I'm not going to get too deep into, it all worked out, you know. Uh, yeah. But my only thing that, that I had to bring with me was my name. Most franchise gyms, you can't really bring your business or your name inside of the franchise because right. they're totally against it. All brand. So, yeah, so at first it was like, okay, yeah, you know, we can make it happen, but you only can use this brand, but I, I, I couldn't do it. So yeah. it was like, no, I'm good. I walk away. I'm straight. But then after we all made it made sense because the community know my name. And the right. only way that I can guarantee that this place be successful is like the Batman sign. You know, I got to be able to show yeah. that I'm here. Exactly. So we yeah. shipped on it and um, it all worked out. So I became the co-owner 
of the Anytime Fitness Gym, and and I'm still the sole owner of the uh, Max Out Fitness Max Effect brand. Oh, so so basically, it's it's two different two different locations or one? No, it's one. It's one okay. location. So I, okay. I, I brought my uh, my system, my service, and my brand up okay. under the Anytime Fitness and Pontiac roof. And um, it, it it worked out, you know, nice. I wouldn't take nothing back. No, absolutely, man. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, you know how back in the day when a lot of us were getting into the uh into the record industry, right? Like the masterpiece, and like they would get these distribution deals with uh uh the big names, right? The ones that's kind of like basically like the anytime fitness, right? Um, yeah. And they would come to us because you know, of course, we had the we we had community. You know what I mean? People listen to our music or whatever. And so we was able to leverage our brand and our community. And what Master P did was, you know, he, he created a situation, a deal where he he was the, the mainly, he got a lot of benefit out of it, you know, opposed yes, to being a worker for them. And that's what that sounds like with you. Like you were still able to hold on to your brand, to your name. And just, I just want the audience to know like how important a brand is. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah, even have to going. be, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm plugging in my. I hear you. I'm plugging in. Okay, and, and and so and so pretty much is letting the audience know like how important the brand is. Like you don't even have to be making a lot of money, but your brand can have that value. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that's one thing that I've, I've been talking about recently. Like even with my own brand, you know, uh, just coming out the gate, just doing different things. Like after a while, you know, people just kind of looking forward to your brand and kind of attach it to your. Um, uh, basically your reputation. And so it sounds like that's what uh what Max Out Fitness did. And um he's showing showing his location, man. It's like remarkable story with everything he has going on. Um supplements. Hey talk talk about the um the tummy the tummy torch thing that you got going on man because I know you got you got product and everything man that's dope you know because a lot of times man people that may open up a fitness center like I'm I'm talking mom and pop kind of things yeah. right they may only just do the fitness part but what i like about what you're doing is like it's a holistic approach you got nutrition plans that you can download from maxeffectshealth.com yeah. um you got um all kind of stuff right and so doing things within the community like even outside of the the, the health industry but yet and still it's all a part of your brand so was this something that you kind of had in mind initially or just kind of like evolve after listening to your clients and you realize yeah. like this is something you want to offer. It evolved, man. Um, you know, I really my intentions was to come out here and do workouts, you know, right. exercise the fitness part. But what I discovered was that I can have my clients do all the working out in the world, but if they don't take care of their health and their nutrition, it's going to slow their results down, which is going to make me look bad as a fitness trainer because they're yeah. coming in 90 percent is they want to lose weight right so for me to be successful i have to do everything that i can to make sure that you lose weight or get the results that you want so as i do as i was uh conducting consultations uh i had come to the conclusion that a lot of people in our neighborhood didn't understand what their doctor was trying to say right mm, okay. and they had, when it comes to the health literacy was it was low they didn't understand the medication that they was getting from the doctors. Okay. They didn't understand the importance of eating a certain way. So I actually um, I actually uh, went back to college while I'm doing this 
yeah. and just started studying nutrition in school, out of school, and just you yeah. know, and I, you know, uh, I had a few guys that was doctors, and I, you know, pay them on the side. Like, look, man, you know, I need to learn everything I need to know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the usual, man. I, I discovered people was dealing with inflammation, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, so on and so on. Right. And I discovered some natural things they can do to uh, help with their uh, condition. So what I put together was uh, some juices. Uh, one of them is called the, uh, the tummy torch, okay. which is like a natural uh, probiotic drink. You know, a lot of people deal with gut issues with bad gut health. Yeah. So the natural probiotics help add those uh, healthy bacteria to the gut. Okay. So, so it can aid in digestion. And then I got like the cayenne pepper, which can actually suppress your appetite. Because right. what we like to snack. Yeah. You know, most people, we gain weight. We snack a lot. We snack a lot. Yep. Then we have these hormonal issues like insulin spikes all day. Yeah. We can never get a chance to burn fat. So what the, yeah. uh, as I started learning, you know, I started, you know, putting juices and stuff together to help with the condition that my people in my community uh, need. That's yeah. the energy drink. So, you know, beet juice is, uh, is great for energy, you know, with the iron and, you know. Yeah. Uh, like I, I definitely, I'm, 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 I'm going to have to order, order some of the joints, man. Uh, I've, I've been working out for time. Too, so. You say what now? I, I okay. said we uh, we have it in powder form now too. So people okay, such cool. as yourself, that's yeah. in Chicago or other states that want to order, you know, they can order and uh, take a scoop and add it to your water. This is actually one of the first juice bars in Pontiac okay. in my area. So we wow. used to go out the city to go buy a smoothie from like tropical smoothie and stuff like that. Yeah. Being the entrepreneur in me, like man, no, we y'all don't have to leave Pontiac no more. Come on yeah. down here, you know, get it from the you know the black owned business, you know. No, so, I, hey man, absolutely, man, I salute you on that. What's what's mainly your business model? Like, what's the what's the money making for you? Is the fitness center pretty much used as what they call a loss leader, where you're not really you're not really focused on making the money there. But it's more so like the ancillary products and service that you offer, like the juice bar. You know what I'm saying? The uh the not the supplements, but like the the, the products and, and services and stuff like that. Or like maybe even a system that you created as far as like the uh downloading the the meal plans and stuff like that. Is that where the money making is at? Yeah, well, uh I think the business model would change a little bit due to the pandemic. Okay. So, you know, I couldn't panic. I just had to create according to what was going on. But uh, because our gym actually just opened up like two weeks ago. So for like oh, six wow. months, we was closed down. It was no fitness, yeah. no working out, nothing. So I had to get creative. Uh, so what I did was uh, I opened up. The, the, uh, since they said our gym was closed, I said, well, we we on top of the roof. Okay. <laughs> we'll work out outside on top of okay. the roof. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So I had to get creative, man. But, uh. So when a person come in for training or membership, you know, once the consultation is very important, because if they say I'm here to lose weight, then once I write down and discover that they're not eating right or whatever, then I can direct them to the cafe and say, hey, you need to get, you need the help, you need this type of help. So yeah. they pay one price for a membership and then lead them to uh, something else like a product or a supplement that can help them with the results then the gym can actually make more money as a one-stop shop. A lot of gyms you go to, um, they only may, they may only sell like protein shakes. Right. But if you have a gym, why not have 
the supplements? Why not have the weight vest? Why not have everything that your client needs so they want to go outside your uh, your fitness center for products? And that's what we're working on now. We have the juices, we got the protein shakes. Yeah. But I'll say in the next uh, year, especially if, uh, if we don't get nothing crazy with the election or with uh, the weather, or the, you know, these, the virus, I think uh, we'll be a complete one-stop shop. And yeah, also... No. Uh, the food truck, yeah. So that was an, that was another thing. I was like, I told myself, I said, what can I do? If they decide to close my gym down, how can I continue my services? You know, I don't believe in just rolling over and waiting for somebody to tell me what to do. So what I did was uh, I started buying uh, food trailers. Actually, you know, uh, we have a total of five of them. That's the one that's finished. And I said, wow. you know what? If anything happened, I'm going to create a, a, a trailer so that people in the community can come and get smoothies. They can come and get vitamins. They can come and get uh, juices. And not only will I have one in Pontiac, I'm going to have one in uh, at least four or five other uh, urban or areas that's considered food deserts. Food deserts are cities that's not, that don't have like a supermarket nowhere within five miles. So we have like right. a second, we have like a plant. And those cities are next where I'm, I'm going to introduce them to my uh, one of the, the healthiest food trailer in America, I like to call yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, if I can put one in every urban community, then at least they have access to, uh, you know, fresh food, uh, fruit foods and so on and so on. Right. No, absolutely, man. And I, you know what? That's a huge differentiator, like, for what you're doing, man. It's like you really, like, involved with the community. It's more so than just come inside of my gym and work nah. out. You know what I mean? And I think I think some of the big players, that's what they pretty much offer. You know what I mean? It's not like that. It's not that community feel. You know what I mean? So you're able to be innovative like that, and, and that's a strong part of your brand, and that's why people rock with you. You know, I, I can imagine seeing those things, like how you say, man, in, in pretty much every urban area, city, in America, man, you know, because we, we, we need that. We need to be exposed to a healthy, a healthy way of living outside of just like working out. That's part of it. Like you mentioned earlier, I always say like, I've been working out for like 10 years. Right. But I would tell people all the time, like you can work out crazy, but then if you don't eat right, it's, it's worthless. Right. It's like, why even work out? And so, and that's the part that we're missing though. Like, I think it's easier to, Learn how to work out, right? Learn, you know, the yeah. different out of uh, the uh, techniques of bench press or push up and stuff like that. That could be learned, but it takes a little bit longer because we have to pretty much kill a lot of bad habits that we had as far as growing up, eat unhealthy things. You know what I mean? So it's like I always say, like it's it's probably like seventy percent your diet and thirty percent working out. You know what I'm saying? And so, but we get that the health and nutrition part down pat. That's where it's at. And so you're offering all that. And so that's really how innovative that I see that you that, that you are, that your organization does. Um, outside of that, though, right, there's some things you're doing in the community outside of the health fitness world, right? As uh, far as, yeah. like, uh, bringing, you know, I'm going to let you make the announcement. So if you can kind of talk about the stuff that you're doing within the community as, like, bringing a sense of unity within the urban the urban area. Yeah, so uh, just during this time of, uh, you know, um, the pandemic, you know, I started to notice a lot of things, you know, uh, as far as politically. 
And uh, as far as uh, people in my community that's relying on people or organizations or anything outside themselves, right? You know, we like the you know, I, and I'm I'm with voting, I'm with marching, but however, I'm with doing for self first, you know. So what I did was, and I believe it's the first, it's the first time it ever happened in my city. Uh, I reached out to some guys that I knew, uh, a total of 13 guys that was already entrepreneurs or they was in politics or looking to get in politics. And um, in short, I started an investment group. Uh, I, you know, I uh, we started meeting at one of my friend's offices and we started talking, you know, just to, I, I, I gave them my ideas, you know, what was on my heart. And coincidentally, you know, everybody else felt the same. So we started talking about growing our own food, growing our own fruit, uh, growing our own vegetables, um, 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 teaching um, the young man in the neighborhood about cannabis, you know, how to grow it. Actually, one of my partners have one, the only license in Michigan to teach about license and have a cultivation class. So we know that a lot of the foreign investors and a lot of the big money guys, we don't have a million, two million dollars to start a dispensary. So we found the way around that, you know, to educate the city on what's about to happen and to help them so they can get in position to take um, advantage of this green gold. Uh, so we all put our money together and we ended up buying in, in the 60 days of planning and agreeing on what was going to take our uh, organization, which we are a nonprofit 501c3. We ended up uh, securing uh, nine acres of farmland and two commercial lots. Okay. And you, you know, it's rare when black men, especially in the city, can come together and pool their money because you got a lot of guys who want to be one man army, solopreneurs. They want all to shine. They want all to shine and the fame themselves, or they just have to have trust issues. Yes. Yeah. They rightfully should, you know, you know, depending on how they grew up. But uh, what I did was I took most of the guys don't know each other to distrust each other too much. So I made sure I handpicked 11 guys that I knew, but that was kind of new to everyone else. And everybody, everyone in the group, they at least trusted me because they knew where I came from and they know what I'm doing now. And um, again, man, it was a beautiful thing, man. We, 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 uh, our plan is to own our own. We figured that if we can own our own houses, we can take control of some of our own, our own land in our own neighborhood. We would have more power and more um, influence to yeah. uh, have an influence or control uh, people such as the local uh, sheriffs or police. When yeah. they come to the mayor, when they come to people that that's you know making some of the decisions, now they have to come to a group of thirteen men men that have 13 families that are business owners that have got a lot of influence on the city. So we want to make sure that when, when we had a politic doors, we got somebody that's inside there, you know, inside the, the political or the, you know, the financial scene. We right. want to have a voice and we want to have an influence. And one thing that we discovered is that without some type of accountability or owning our own resources, we can march all day. But because we own our own now, we can display real power. Okay, perfect, man. So outside of that, right? Like what what's next for Max Out Fitness, like the 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 the, the health brand? Like are you it's it sounds like you may be on well on your way to like franchising. 
<laughs> is that some? Is that something you thought about, man? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm a duplicate myself, my work, and my passion as much there as I go. can because right. I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like this is what this is what God wants too. You know, once you feel like this is what God wants, this is what you, you know a higher power wants, it makes you move different. It's more than just about uh, making a dollar or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I am going to franchise a lot of a lot of what I do is or duplicate. I'll say that you know I don't know so much about the franchise part, but I will duplicate what I do. I just don't know what angle. It can be a franchise, it can be an affiliate, it can be something. Yeah. But uh, uh, I, my job is to grow what I do and to branch outside my city and uh, hopefully the world. You know, so I haven't decided yet on how. Okay. You know, oh, definitely, man. Hey, I'm de I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing more of the stuff that you're doing, man, inside the community and even you know spreading outside of Michigan as well. I I, I got you doing it for real. You got a remarkable brand. Uh, where can we find all of your your product, man? Your services, like if I want to come up get a nutritional plan, like how do I do that? Um, do you do like consulting with someone outside of? You know, if they don't live in Pontiac, Michigan, can they kind of like kind of hit you up and maybe get some kind of consultations relates to health? Yeah, they can actually uh, go on my website. Uh, I think y'all have I think y'all have my old website on there, but my new website is uh, maxeffecthealth.com. And again, that's www.maxeffecthealth.com. Okay. Uh, if you're a Facebook person, you can put uh, I'm Max Man on Facebook. My business is Max Out. Uh, you're a LinkedIn person, you know. Uh, again, my name is Jermaine Bradder, but people in my community be knowing me as Max Main for uh, a few years. But I'm Jermaine Bradder on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Mister Keep Going 2020 on Instagram for all my Instagram people. Follow me on Instagram. Again, Mister Keep Going 2020, or uh, or you can just simply uh, send me a. You can email me, you know, uh, jbranner at maxeffecthelp.com. And okay. uh, if you want to work together, if you want to know more about the, the, the fitness side, the nutrition side, or or the investment group that we just started, you know, if you got some pointers for, I'm a student, man. I, I like for people to come in and want to teach me. You yeah. know, I'm not, you know, I like to teach people that don't know, but I'm a student. So anybody watching that feel like, you know, they're seeing a young, hungry, you know, some black male that's trying to do something for the city as far as investment and real estate or health or whatever. Reach out to me. I don't know everything. I'm just trying. I'm trying to yeah. be the person that I needed when I was young. You know. No, absolutely, man. I love it, man. Um, well, thank everybody for for tuning in. Um, you can find the podcast. This will re-air. Um, uh, escapingtheodds.com be found there. Uh, the audio podcast can be found on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Um, Instagram is Escaping the Odds Podcast. Uh, Facebook, Escaping the Odds. Uh, yeah, we pretty much everywhere. LinkedIn, you can, we, we're all over social media. So, uh, got the merchandise coming soon, Escaping the Odds, uh, Switch Hustles. That'll be, um, be available for everyone. Um, Scully's, the whole nine. So stay in tune for that. Continue to like, comment, and share. Uh, check out Max, uh, Max Out Fitness. Um, you know, maybe you can come up with some kind of nutritional plan for you. As well, check out some of that tummy tummy torch. Get the get get the stomach all flattened right. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, that's let's right. see. Let's see that again. Okay, there it goes. Now, do yeah. you sell that as a 
as a whole bottle, or can they buy like a smaller version for it? No, we are. Uh, so I do have powder form, but when it comes okay. to the gallons, uh, we don't, yeah, when it comes to the bottles, we only sell it by the gallon. Uh, it'll okay. last, you know, and then you download the meal plan and you will see why. It's something that you don't want to just try. I'm result driven, so I don't really like the one day workouts, I don't really like the one day drinks. I like for you to, you know, charge me for the result that I'm going to get. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, there y'all go, man. We have it right here, man. Uh, thanks, thanks for coming on with us, man. Yeah. You're doing thanks a remarkable thing. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Uh, doing great things in the community, man. Uh, I like to say health is wealth. You know, uh, wealth. Ain't, ain't, ain't no sense of making all the money. You can't enjoy it, right? And so, that's uh, right. And, and that's what we definitely need to be educated on in our community. Uh, continue to tune in, Escaping the Arts uh, podcast. And thank you all for tuning in. Peace. Peace.